ask that you open your Bibles this morning to Genesis chapter 14. We'll be looking at verses 16 through 24. You know, this life will uh, wear you down. Uh, It will discourage you. It will beat you down, not just physically, but spiritually, uh, if we're not careful. And it helps when we take of the Lord's Supper to renew ourselves in Christ and to quote the words of the Second London Baptist Confession of Faith that the Lord's Supper is spirit for our spiritual nourishment and our growth in Christ. And certainly it is. And in our text today, we're going to read of a type and shadow of Christ and also I believe a type and shadow of the Lord's Supper. But before we do that, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you today to celebrate this Lord's Supper, to remember the sacrifice of your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, upon the cross for our sins. O Lord, draw us near to you as we look at your word and Lord as we take of these elements in the name of Jesus I pray amen beginning in verse 16 of Genesis chapter 14 we read of Abram and it states and he brought back all the goods and also brought back his brother Lot and his goods, and the women also, and the people. And the king of Sodom went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of, Sh- of Shedda Lamar, and all and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Sheva, which is the king's dale. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have lifted up my hand unto the Lord, the most high God, the possessor of heaven and earth, that I will not take from a thread even to a shoe latch it, and that I will not take anything that is thine, lest thou should say, I have made Abram rich, save only that which the young men have eaten and the portion of the men which went with me, Anar, Eskel, and Mamre, let them take their portion. In our text here, Abram had just finished winning a battle in rescuing his nephew Lot in one of the earliest battles ever recorded in human history. And after the battle, he encounters a what we often call a mysterious figure, Melchizedek. Uh, now, there's lots of speculation, and I'm not going to go in great detail on that because we'll 
go down a rabbit hole and have a, a whole different sermon uh, about who Melchizedek was, you know, because there's some Bible scholars believe that he was the pre-incarnate Christ. Others say that he was Shem, one of Noah's sons. But I believe the answer to that's much more simpler. The Bible really just tells us right out uh, here that he was the king of Salem and the priest of God most high. I think the simplest answer is the best here. Here we see Melchizedek, this king of Salem, later be known as Jerusalem. This was uh, early, early, early Jerusalem, long before the Israelites occupied it. And Melchizedek was the king of Salem and priest most high, priest of God. And later on, of course, you're probably familiar with Hebrews where uh, that Jesus is compared to Melchizedek, his priesthood is. And Melchizedek is a type of Christ, a shadow of Christ, in that he was both a king and a priest, and that his priesthood, he was a priest of the God Most High. Let's make that clear, because some want to say he was some sort of pagan priest. He was not that. He was a priest of God Most High. But his priesthood was not, not associated with any family lineage like that of the Jewish high priest, of Aaron's lineage, of the Levites. And Jesus is compared because Jesus was, is prophet, priest, and king, and he is the fulfillment of all that the priesthood of the Old Testament represented, yet he was not of Aaron's order. He was not a descendant of Aaron, just like Melchizedek. And that's why the New Testament writers compare Jesus and Melchizedek. And Melchizedek comes to bless Abram, and he brings him bread and wine. And the New Geneva Study Bible uh, states that the meaning here is not just that he had a bottle of wine, a little you know, a little loaf of bread, that this was a full dinner or banquet that he was bringing to refresh Abram and his warriors who had just won a battle. Uh, these were gifts to refresh him after the battle. And of course, many Bible scholars see shadows of both later the Old Testament Passover and of course, the Lord's Supper uh, represented here. Uh, and, uh, but these gifts of bread and wine were meant to refresh them. And I, I kind of see a, a picture, you know, here today on the Lord's Day. Of course, we're to be refreshed every Lord's Day. Uh, but, uh, but this is uh, really a refreshment, a reminder of what our salvation is about when we take of the Lord's Supper uh, that it all goes back to not our good works. It goes back to the body and the blood of Jesus Christ shed for us. And it was not just him bringing these physical gifts here, but if you'll notice that he blesses Abraham. He blesses him. He says, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thy hands. He blesses Abram. Uh, I believe he knew something about Abram. I don't, like I said, the Bible doesn't go into detail, but he knew that Abram was a follower of God Almighty. 
And he knew that Abram was blessed. Uh, that there was something to Abram. Uh, you could go back to chapter 12, you know, where in Genesis 12, where God told him that, uh, uh, where, well, I'll go there real quick to Genesis 12, just a couple chapters behind and, and not mess it up in paraphrasing it, where God told Abram, uh, well, he had called him out of his country in verse 1, and he says in verse 2, And I will make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee, and make thy name great, and thou shalt be a blessing. And really, when you get to th this part of Genesis on, you see the messianic line, that this messianic promises that are going to come through through Abram's and later Abraham's lineage. It's going to continue, and it's, you can see it clearly here. And I believe that Melchizedek saw this here, for he blessed him. He pronounced this blessing upon Abram, uh, that he was a servant of the Most High God. Now, Abram had a little problem, sometimes like we do, and sometimes struggling with this belief. Because you go just a few verses down to chapter 15, it says, And after these things, the word of the Lord came unto Abram in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abram, I am thy shield and thy exceeding great reward. Uh, and what does Abram say in verse 2? And Abram says, Lord God, what will thou, shalt thou give me, seeing I go childless, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus? So just a few verses later, and remember these chapter divisions we see in the Bible are not originally in there. They were put in there uh, several hundred years ago to help us you know, with the verse division, you know, find these portions of Scripture easier, and I'm glad they did. But, but the flow, if you continue on, he had been blessed by Melchizedek, and that story is not just a, a side story. It's continuing this that Abram is blessed of God. And God says, fear not, Abram. Abram says, I mean, how's ever anything going to happen? Even though God had already told him back in chapter 12. And then you go down to verse 5. Uh, and, he, and he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now toward heaven and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said, So shall thy seed be. And he believed in the Lord, and he accounted it to him for righteousness. And of course, that verse 6 was later quoted by the Apostle Paul, uh, connecting us who are believers in Jesus that we are the children of Abraham. Uh, and we are all who have the faith of Abraham. Jesus made that clear. You know, when these uh, unbelieving Jews saying, we got Abraham as our father. And they said, you know, no, you got the devil's your father. They didn't have the faith of Abraham. They were claiming it through the bloodline. And look, it's those who have the faith of Abram and Abraham. In Christ, like Abram, my friends, we are blessed. Uh, we are blessed for the salvation we have in Christ. And when we take of this Lord's Supper, uh, we remember this blessing that we have in Christ. That's why I'm so glad to be a part of this church where we have the Lord's Supper on a regular basis and not just, you know, whenever. 
because I think that's a, a disrespect to the to this ordinance. Plus, I I think it's it, it's it's something that we should do regularly, and I'm and I praise God that we do take it reg, regularly. Now you'll see also going back to chapter fourteen that after Melchizedek blesses Abram, Abram in return gives him a tithe of all that he had taken in the battle. Now, now the word tithe literally means a tenth. He gave him a tenth of everything won in the battle. He uh, did not just take the blessing. He wanted. He gave back some. As we are blessed by Christ, uh, we should give back to Him, my friends. Uh, today in taking of the, this Holy Supper, the Lord's Supper, it should encourage us to do more for Christ. I believe that when we take the Lord's Supper, we should always leave changed. Uh, that, that this should be a renewal of ourself to Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse 26 the Apostle Paul stated, For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show the Lord's death till he come. Every time we take of the Lord's Supper, we're showing the Lord's death till he comes. We're testifying that Christ came and he died. We're also testifying to his resurrection and to his second coming because it says till he comes. Uh, Charles Haddon Spurgeon stated that the communion table sets forth the broken body and shed blood of Jesus Christ our Lord and Savior and so brings his atoning sacrifice before men's minds. And we should always remember that when we take of this supper to let it come before our minds. Thomas Cramner stated having in remembrance his blessed passion, mighty resurrection, and glorious ascension, rendering unto him most hearty thanks. I like that term, hearty thanks. Giving back thanks to Jesus when we take of the Lord's Supper. And I believe it should uh, that we should leave here after taking the Lord's Supper with great thanks to him for the salvation we have and should lead us to greater good works to follow him uh, that this is not just a simple little you know eating of a piece of bread and drinking of a cup and then we just go our ways no my friends we should have our hearts and minds on what we're doing and of course this is for believers only it's for believers and that brings us to the next point here uh, Melchizedek and Abram were not alone but we see that the king of Sodom was here. And now I want you to just notice here. Abram accepted the gifts from Melchizedek and gratefully. He was blessed and he blessed back Melchizedek. When the king of Sodom said to Abraham, give me the persons and take the goods for yourself, what does Abram do? He he says, I lift up my hand to the Lord, most high. I'm not going to take nothing from you. 
not take it. He knew about what Sodom was about. Scripture had already tell if you read this, Sod- Sodom was a wicked, and you know the story, wicked, wicked place. Abram says, I'm not taking nothing from you. Uh, I could not help but be reminded of what the Apostle Paul stated in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 16 or, or verse 21, excuse me. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord in the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table in the table of devils. I think that when we take of the Lord's Supper, we need to be reminded of that. You know, that, we, that when we leave here today, after taking the Lord's <laughs> Supper, uh, to remind ourselves the, the world wants to offer some things. It wants to offer us the, its, its so-called pleasures. But we, like Abram, must reject it. The Lord's Supper, um, look, we drink in remembrance of Him. We eat in remembrance of Him. And, you know, when I was, uh, I was brought up in a church tradition, I know many of you were, were that, you know, there was altar calls. And the altar call was not just for people to come forth to be, you know, profess a faith in Christ. Conversion was also for people who want to rededicate their life to Christ and, and, and then maybe the pastor would share, you know, what this person was going through, pray for them. And I understand that it's good intent there. But really, you're trying to improve on what Jesus already provided. The Lord's Supper, that's what it's for. It's for rededication, my friends. You look at literature <coughs> throughout the Bible, the Scripture, that we're renewing ourselves. We're being reminded. I tell you what, you struggling with sin? Look to Christ and on the cross. You struggling with things? Remember Christ struggling. His death. I tell you, it can renew you. Thomas Cramner, quoting Cramner again, makes this clearly when he says, Ye that do truly and earnestly repent of your sins to Almighty God and be in love and charity with your neighbors and intend to live, lead a new life following the commandments of God and walking from henceforth in His holy ways. Draw near and take of the Lord's Supper. The whole idea was that Cramner's saying that when we take the Lord's Supper, we should repent, get rid of the hate we may have for our neighbors, focus on, on Christ, and take of his this supper. Tell you what, you go back here with Abram. Abram would not take of the portion of the king of Sodom, uh, but he did take of that which was offered by Melchizedek. The Lord's Supper is given to us, as I stated earlier, to as a reminder of what Christ has done for us upon the cross. And here today we renew ourselves in taking of this supper. And I want us at this time, if we will bow our heads and for just a few moments to prepare ourselves to take of the Lord's Supper, to be reminded of what uh, this supper is for. This, this is for all baptized believers. If you're not a Christian,
I would urge you first to look to Christ for your salvation. But I, I remind all of us from the Word of God, from Romans 5, what it's all about. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation worketh patience, and patience experience and experience hope, and hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet peradventure for a good man some would even dare to die. But God commendeth his love toward us, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Let us for just a few moments bow our heads and just uh, ask the Lord to prepare your heart, confess your sins unto him, and focus upon Christ and Him crucified. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy upon us here today, Lord. We did not deserve your mercy, but you gave it to us by dying upon the cross for our sins, for all who believe upon you. And to, today we, your church, take of this meal in remembrance of your passion, your death. Oh Lord, help us to have repentant hearts. Renew us. Strengthen us today, God, that through faith we will draw near to you and be encouraged that, Lord, while we were yet sinners, you died for us. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Amen. I'm asked at this time if... Uh,